Turn in your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Psalms 9, and we'll look at verses 9 through 10. Psalms 9, verses 9 through 10. Amen. Amen. We met Theo down in Lima, Peru, and uh, we uh, were ministering at Rema, Peru, and he was my interpreter and just did a tremendous job. Amen. Psalms 9, verses 9 and 10. Read it with me. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, verse 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. I am glad that in times of trouble, God has promised you and I to be our refuge and our high tower. Here's the good news tonight. We are not subject to the times in which we live. We do not live under the dominion, the rule, the control, the influence of this world system. No, we are part of another system. We are children of the Most High God, delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, and we are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. We are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Colossians says this, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That word translated literally means to transfer, to carry away, to remove from one place to another. So here's what we need to do. You and I who are children of the king, we need to then adjust our words our thoughts, and our actions to the kingdom that we've been translated into or we'll keep living in the dark. You can be a child of God, a child of light, and be living in the dark if you do not get your mind renewed with the Word of God. So it is kingdom words and kingdom thoughts And kingdom actions that will cause you to triumph in the midst of troubled times. We are in this kingdom. And this kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness and peace and great joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Bill Winston said this, we must get our minds renewed to the reality of the kingdom of God and who we are in that kingdom. I love what one translation says of Colossians 1.13. It says, The Father has delivered us and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You do know that Satan is a defeated foe and that he does not have any power or authority over us. As a matter of fact, we have been given exousia, which is a word for authority. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any way by any means hurt you and hurt me. So understand this, that we are separated from that world system. There is a separation effect that Jesus prayed about. 
before that he went on. In John 17, I want to break this down just for a few moments tonight. Look at John the 17th chapter. And we're going to look at verses 7, uh, verse 13 through 17. Say it with me. Jesus separated me from this world's failing system. Now in verse 13, Jesus is praying. And what Jesus prays, he gets answers to his prayers. He says, and now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He said in verse 14, I have given them thy word and the world hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of this world. You and I are not living under the law of sin and death. We are living above the law of sin and death. It is, in fact, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has literally set you free from this world's failing system. And so I believe that it is the will of God for you to prosper. I believe that we are to live under the commanded blessing of God. Even as Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, you also have been blessed to be a blessing for you belong to Christ and you are Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. Amen. And so we're not just to survive. We are literally to thrive. Now, the word survive simply means to barely get by or to merely exist. But the word thrive means to flourish, to succeed, to advance, and to prosper. Now, the economic systems of this world could very easily fail. But even though they may fail, we do not have to fail because we are hooked with the kingdom of God. We're living under a different system. So you and I can flourish in spite of what's happening. And you don't have to look very far to see and to know and to understand that this world in which we live, it's rocking and reeling. It's rocking and reeling under a curse. There's a curse on this earth. And judgment sooner or later is coming to this earth. You know, whether we want to think about it and believe it and camp there, we don't. But judgment is coming. But oh, before judgment comes, the body of Christ is going to bright, shine brightly, and we're going to flow and we're going to operate in the glory of God. And for us to have the resources and to flow in what God has called us to do as part of the body of Christ, it's going to take abundant provision. It's going to take abundant anointing. It's going to take men and women that are all hands on deck. Hallelujah. Ready to do the will of God. Oh, yeah. In verse 15, here's what Jesus prayed. He said, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. In other words, keep them from the evil that is in this world. You know, Galatians says that we have been delivered from the evil that is in this present world. John said it like this, 
that when we have our act together and we are walking in the spirit and we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh and we are literally about our father's business. You know what the word says about you? The word says that the wicked one will not be able to touch you. That the weapons that are formed against you will not be able to prosper. Oh man, that's some good news right there. No accident shall befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. See, the truth of the matter is, Jesus is the way of escape. There's no temptation taking us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability to endure and to resist. And he always provides a way out a way of escape. He always will provide a safe landing place for you and I. You know, if you've been up in a jet before, one of the things I do not like about flying is turbulence. You know, (laughs) Theo flies a lot and, you know, we've flown here and there and a lot of different places. And, you know, turbulence just doesn't bless me. Matter of fact, I don't even really like roller coasters. The last time I was on a roller coaster with my granddaughter at Disneyland, I had to eat crow, man. I I didn't feel good. I turned whatever color it was. But there's turbulence that we face. And now, be honest. Anybody ever faced, or did, has anybody faced some turbulence this week? You know, my... Maybe a bad report, or maybe you're not feeling quite well, or, you know, maybe a, a bill is stacked up on you. That's turbulence. It can, let's be honest about it. It can get a little rough out there. See, Jesus said, he didn't say you won't have any trouble now that you're in the kingdom of God. He did say in the world you'll have trouble. In the world you'll have tribulation. But he didn't say, go call all your friends and cry and moan and complain and talk about how bad it is and you just can't wait to get raptured. (laughs) No, here's what he said. In the world, you're going to have some trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So turbulence comes, but he's given his angels Ah, charge over you. He has got your back. He's got your number. As we talk Sunday morning, he's on your side. He's for you. And that there's nothing you can do about it. He will forever be for you. And so, if he sebre que chama nene, e sebre con no monche le frede bonsaia, If you will not cast away your confidence, but you will literally trust me, says the Lord, I will always cause you to come to a place of safety. Even though trouble comes, I will trouble your trouble, says the Lord. So rejoice and be glad and don't be sad, for it is common to man. But oh, I've provided a way out for you. I remind you that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen? That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. So, it doesn't do us any good 
to have a turbulent small group meeting. And sit there and discuss how bad it is. Now, there's nothing wrong with stating the difficulty. And there's nothing wrong with stating the challenge. But once this challenge and the difficulty has been stated, let's go to the throne of grace. Let's go to the word of God. And let's do something about what we're facing. Amen? Be a good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. So Jesus is praying that, he, that we would be kept from the evil that is in this world. Verse 16 says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We are as separated from the world system as Jesus was. Now notice verse 17. Read that with me. He said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God has sanctifying power in it. The word sanctify means to separate or to cut away from the effects that you face in this world system. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I want to share something with you tonight that I believe is a real powerful truth. And I I pray that it gets down into your spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus... As I share these next truths with these folks tonight, I pray that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they would be encouraged, and that they would be strengthened by, with might by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. So that is the platform that I'm going to be moving off of tonight and preaching out of tonight. The foundation has been laid. Now, in the book of Exodus, God told Moses... He told him, I want you to go to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, big boy, you better let my people go. Now, if if Pharaoh was not to let God's people go, were there not some serious consequences? Several plagues came. Several things happened. And he still wouldn't let them go. One night, frogs just covered the whole nation. I mean, frogs in the kitchen. Frogs in the bed. Frogs all over the place. I don't know about you, but I don't want any frogs in my house. And so, here's what happened. The frogs left. The frogs stayed. And he said, okay. He says, you ready to let them go? He said, just give me one more day. In other words, I just need one more night with the frogs. Not very smart. Now let's pick this up in Exodus chapter 8. In verse 21 through 23. If you will not let my people go. Behold, I will send swarms of flies upon you and upon your servants and upon your people and into thy houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are. Now notice this statement. And I will sever in that day. 
I will separate in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. Now, we're his people, are we not? That no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Here's what this literally is saying. That I will put a division between my people and your people. And this is going to be a sign unto you. Now listen carefully. The word division in the Hebrew is the same word as redemption. So what he's saying, I'm going to put a wall between you and them. And this wall that I'm going to place between you and them, it is a wall of redemption. God built a glorious wall of redemption between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. And the plagues that came against Egypt, it didn't touch God's kids. Who can't touch this? The wicked one toucheth them not. Now, it's important to realize, like we said Sunday morning, we know the Lord is on our side. We know that he's for us. But it's very important that we be for him. I mean, he is against those things that are against us. And he is for those good things that are good for us. Amen? But... To be in a protective mode, if you will. To function in this severing, this wall of redemption by what's taking place in the world and what can happen in your life. We must make sure that we stay in the bounds of God's word. That we live our lives in a way, Lord, if that's what you're for, I'm for it. If that's what you're against, I'm against it. Like in Arkansas, they'd say this, I'm fur what you're fur, and I'm again what you're again. Now that doesn't mean we're again people, right? We love people. But I'm telling you what, in this day and this hour, I, I believe the Spirit of God spoke to me the other night. And just encourage me to tell you to draw near in this day and this hour. It's, it, it's not a day to be out there just kind of lollygagging around and, and doing your own thing. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, to all of us, to Pastor Mark and all of us. It's not a time to draw back, but it's a, a time to draw near. Draw near to Him. Whatever He's for, let's be for. You did good tonight. You're in church. How many of you know He's for church? Literally, He is literally for people being in church. He tells us, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhort one another even more. Because the day is coming. The day is approaching. 
We can draw near. I love our praise and worship in this church, don't you? And, And I believe that we are increasing in anointing and we're increasing in presence in this church. You do know that there are degrees of glory. You know, the Bible says that we are to, to go from what? From glory to glory. One author put it like this. We are to go from one degree of glory to the next degree. And so one way that we do this as a church is when we come together, we all draw near to the throne of grace and we praise him and we worship him and we behold him and we just love him and we let him saturate us with his presence. But you don't have to wait to church to get to do that. You can do that at home. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm drawn near. Pastor Mark's made it clear. I'm going to draw near. I'm always in the right place at the right time. My confession is I'm not circumstantial led. I'm spirit led. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and help you more than you could ever imagine if you'll just let him. If you'll just draw near and commune with him and invite him into your decisions, invite him into every area of your life. You do that, he'll see to it that you get to some awesome places. Oh yeah, he'll get you to Healingville. He'll get you to Prosperityville. Say it with me real strong. I'm always, I'm always in the right place at the right time. He'll push things out of your way to protect you. He'll set you up with divine favor. So God built this wall of redemption between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. Here's what, ha- what, what did not happen. The children of Israel's cattle did not die. Hail did not touch them. And not only that, when darkness was all around them, there was light in the land of Goshen. It was pitch black. Now you're going to hear a lot in these last days. Whoa, whoa, whoa. On the other hand, you're going to hear this. Blessing, blessing, blessing. You'll hear some people say, oh, it's dark. Oh, it's dark. Oh, it's dark. You know, we're here. Oh, thank God. It's bright. It's light. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. We are going to shine for Jesus. Which side do you want to be on? 
Ooh, glory to God. And so we see here, there was light in the land. They were separated from the curse. And we have to ask ourselves, how does this apply to us today? Look at Galatians chapter 3. Notice with me in verse 13 and 14. Galatians 3. Thank God he redeemed us from this world's failing system. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for you. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the cursing of Abraham. No, the blessing of Abraham. Say this with me. I'm so blessed. The blessed people call me blessed. Well, I have trouble saying that. Somebody said, well, you better get your mouth in gear and start saying it. Let's try it on for size one more time. I'm so blessed. The blessed people, they call me blessed. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now notice that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So what have we seen tonight? We've seen that we've been redeemed, separated, and cut out away from the curse. How many of you know that fear is a curse? Fear will drain you. You, you sit there and listen to the lies of the devil. It'll rob you of sleep. And he will never, ever present you with the perfect case scenario. He will always present you with death. That's what he dabbles in. That's what he is all about. This spirit of fear that you and I have not been given should be resisted with every fiber of our being. The scripture talks about the fear of death. All fears have their root in the fear of death. Why don't people fly? They're afraid they're going to crash. Why don't people give? Oftentimes it's because they're afraid they won't have enough. Right? And if you don't have enough, you could starve. And if you starve, you know, you could die. All fears, they have their root in death. In Romans 8.15, let's pull that up here uh, just for a moment. Romans 8.15. Is somebody singing? That could be an angel, but I don't think so. For I have not received the spirit of bondage again to what? Fear. No fear here. But you have, I have, we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Daddy, Daddy. Now look at Hebrews chapter 2 and notice with me in verse 14. Hebrews the second chapter, the 14th verse. 
I don't think I could get used to that. <laughs> this is this is church, not the twilight zone. <laughs> The devil is a liar. <laughs> Hebrews 2.14 For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's you and me, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now listen, when you are dealing with fear, you are dealing with a defeated foe. That's why he puts the bait out there for you. Because he wants you to take it. How does one take fear? They allow it, number one, into their mind. Instead of thinking the thoughts of God, they begin to think the thoughts that the enemy brings to their mind. Now, the next thing that happens is people begin to say and to speak their fears. And so once words are spoken that are not faith-filled but are fear-filled, what it gives the enemy a license to begin to operate. And then... The worst thing that can happen is people actually acting on their fears. Amen? So here's what I exhort you to do. At the first thought of fear, do not entertain it, reject it, and cast it down. Don't wait until 10 o'clock at night when you're about to fall asleep with your droopy eyes. To start resisting. Resist that fear first thing. And call it on the rug. No, devil. I don't accept that. I resist this spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. So we've been separated, cut off from the curse of fear. Cut off from the curse of sickness. Cut off from the curse of lack and debt. I'm telling you folks, Jesus paid in full for you and me to live above what's happening in this world. Let's close in Jeremiah chapter 7. Maybe we'll hear this again. Jeremiah 17. Listen real carefully. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. Now we're going to notice one thing here. Same conditions, but different results. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 through 8 says this. 
Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But now notice, here comes the wall of redemption. But blessed, everyone say blessed. Blessed. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank, which roots reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. And their leaves, your leaves, our leaves, stay green. And we never stop producing fruit. Amen. Is that right? That's us. Same conditions, different results. And then lastly, turn to Luke chapter 6. And notice with me in verse 47 through 49. And I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. Luke 6, 47 through 48. Now, I'm going to talk to you Sunday morning about having bulldog faith. For this to be operational in our lives, you got to be a bulldog. We'll figure something else for the ladies, but Luke six forty-seven. This is a great example in the New Testament. He says, "Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like." He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the street beat, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. Why? What's your life founded on? Our lives are founded on hearing the sayings of Jesus and doing them. Amen. Now, once again, here comes this wall of redemption in verse 49. But the one who hears the word and does not do it is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. So there's this wall between the hearers and the doers and those who hear but don't do nothing. And the church in the body of Christ is full of them. Full of them. But not you. Say, not, <laughs> say not, me. not me. Not me, uh-uh. We hear the word and we do the word. But the one who hears the word and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. And so we see here that the storm was in the same neighborhood, yet the results were quite different. How many of you want kingdom results? Kingdom results requires kingdom faith and kingdom dominion. And it also requires kingdom commitment. Well, hopefully you got something out of this tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Let's look to the Lord right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking you right now to minister life to each person here tonight. Should there be a person that
would like prayer tonight, that would like to give their heart to the Lord. May there be a person tonight that would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are going to pray and we're going to believe God together. Maybe people here tonight that need healing in their bodies and just, just need to be encouraged with the Word of God, encouraged with the laying on of hands. As you're all just in a, in a moment of prayer right now, let's seize this moment and let's look to God for miracles. 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 Miracles of mercy. So I said, well, I've, I've done a lot of stuff, Pastor, and I just, I, I don't know if God will do that for me or not. I'll tell you right now, He will do it. He's merciful and he's good and he's God.